Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Well, hello there, Impact Makers. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Impact Makers Podcast, where my goal is to provide you with tools, tips, and resources to help you build a career that you love and a life that matters. It's going to be just you and me today on this episode, and I'm going to be sharing something that is heavy on my mind because for me, at least, it's the beginning of summer here in the U.S. and also a period of time where I'm not out on the road speaking as much and meeting with people and sharing what I know and doing a lot of what I love. But it's an opportunity for me to have a couple of months where I do some project work and get caught up on things. And I always, always, always have big plans for this time every year to get an amazingly impossible amount of work done. And that uh, doesn't always happen, but I'm still going to really work at it. And of course, I come out of the gate after a week of vacation. And like many of you, it was a holiday week in the US last week with the week of 4th of July and ready to dive into my work. And of course, a lot of that involves catching up on email and responding to people and answering LinkedIn invitations and messages and looking at what's going on on social media and just kind of like reacclimating myself with my world and my network and everything going on around me. And again, like many of you, I'm sure you share the same. You are probably overwhelmed with not just the regular back and forth of email and here's this and that and I need this from you and oh, by the way, can you come do this for us? But also there's plenty of requests for can we get together for coffee or can you take a look at our product and provide a recommendation or can I get, you know, an hour of your time to do this or I'm looking to get into, you know, X, Y, or Z and I'd like to get your feedback. And none of those requests in and of themselves is a bad thing. We all need other people in order to help us grow. But I guess after so many years of myself doing it wrong or not doing it all for a while and then doing it wrong for a little while and then having the opportunity to kind of learn some things that worked for me and how to approach others when I was looking to connect with them or needed something from them. And also kind of now being a person who's on the receiving end of a lot of those requests I thought I would share today some thoughts on basically how to network effectively, which to me really is about building relationships and um, maintaining relationships effectively. And even if you're looking for a job or you have something to sell, I got thoughts. And so I thought I'd share them with you. And and I even prepared notes for this uh, conversation today. So... You may hear me shuffling some papers in the background because that's how serious I'm taking this. I want to provide some tools and tips for all of us to do this thing better because, again, we all need people. We need help from other people. And I think there are maybe not necessarily right ways and wrong ways to ask for help, but there are certainly more effective ways to get noticed. Now, again, a couple of things have precipitated this, uh, you know, upcoming you could call it a rant if you want to look at it that way, or you could call it a teaching or a preaching. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, but a couple of things, again, in returning from vacation and so many requests for me and my time, uh, which again is, is part of what I do. 
Uh, but also recently, I had an opportunity to be a guest uh, for the second time. I'm the first second time guest on the Catalyst Sale podcast uh, with host Mike Simmons, who's the co-founder of Catalyst Sale. And we had an interesting conversation about a month ago, and I'll link to that. It's episode number 94 of the Catalyst Sale podcast, where he had seen me sharing something on social media that prompted him to give me a call and reach out and see if I would join him again on the podcast to discuss uh, a number things. And we talked about the gender pay gap and we talked about business acumen and we talked about uh, networking in general and some of my thoughts on how you do it right and how it's being done wrong. And what prompted that was a tweet that I had sent that uh, he noticed. And if you follow me at all on social media, sometimes you see me sharing, you know, what I think are these nuggets of wisdom, which sometimes can be just veiled frustrations. <laughs> and this tweet was back on May the 1st. Uh, and it's here, I'll read it to you. I actually found it on the internet. It's amazing what you can do when you Google. Um, requests of me this week. Meet with a consultant to help him understand HR's role in the future of work for free in the spirit of networking. Provide training videos to an organization creating a learning library for free in the spirit of learning. FYI, that's not how this works. Now that, folks, is what we call a twoosh. That twoosh is exactly 240 characters on Twitter, so I remember it because it's not often that you get a twoosh on Twitter. <laughs> you may have learned something today. But in 240 characters, I tried to explain a little bit of my frustration with people reaching out to me for things that I do for a living that, you know, is how I make my living for services that I provide, you know, consulting with organizations in terms of the future of work is something that I get paid to do to share my expertise with companies. So to have someone that I don't know, reach out to me on LinkedIn, who has a new startup, who is looking to connect with clients and says, I see that you're an expert in the future of work, and we'd love for you to get on the phone with us and share some of your knowledge for free in the spirit of networking to help us grow. That's not the right way to do it. The second was a request that's come to me more than once from an organization looking for, you know, products that I've created, training programs that I've created and saying, hey, you know, we've decided to share with our members some learning opportunities. And so we're reaching out to you to see if you have any things just laying around that you want to share for free. And again, for that organization, for others very much like them, I have been paid to come in and share those things in the past. And I don't have any trading programs that are sitting around for free collecting dust. So, you know, that can be a little bit off-putting and frustrating. Um, on the other hand, I know that these people are genuine and they're genuinely looking for help. And so for me as a person who maybe I'm a little bit of a people pleaser, um, I certainly want to be a good human, a nice human. And I also want to remember and reflect on the fact that people have helped me without, you know, any, any expectation of me in the past. Requests like that put me in the position of feeling bad that I then have to respond if I do um, and say, unfortunately, I can't do that for free because that's what I get paid to do. And right away, even in saying that out loud, that was an incorrect response. Unfortunately, I mean, really, is it unfortunate that I have to tell you that I need to eat and live indoors? <laughs> and why am I sorry? So that's part of the frustration is that with requests like that, we're putting the other person in the position to feel bad for trying to put forth 
what they do for a living or to value their time or to say, you know, I don't even know you. I don't really have the time or the opportunity to to do something like that for you. So I want to give you some tools to be able to reach out to people that you don't know or that maybe you're trying to get in connect in contact with or that you would like to get something from, but also hopefully maybe to get a little more understanding for all of us about how some of these things have been perceived by maybe others that you've reached out to. And probably all of us have someone that we're like, yeah, I reached back out to so-and-so in 1992 and they never responded to me and I've never forgotten it. (laughs) So-and-so doesn't even remember that at all, obviously. Um, But I also want to, before I kind of share some of the things that I wanted to quote, get off my chest today, um, just put out front that I'm not putting myself out there as someone who's busier than you or anyone else, whether you are a young professional in your career or someone who, um, you know, is a mid-career professional or any, all of us have people that need things from us, uh, that look up to us, that reach out to us and ask for our help in one way or the other. And so this is not about, me or where I am in my career or being better than anyone else. I'm I'm sharing obviously some of my personal experiences and my thoughts on this, but I want to kind of maybe tee it up that way that that hopefully and I think in some ways you'll be able to see yourself in some of all of this. So I've got some thoughts on, you know, I tried to think about what are times where maybe we're reaching out to people that we're asking for something and uh, either reaching out to people that we don't know that well or that we want to get to know better or that we want to get something from. And I thought of a few. One would be in times when you're in a job search or maybe you're looking to make a career change. So that could be that you're currently employed and you just are wanting to make a change either to better your career or to get out of a situation or whatever reason. Or you're actively in a job search, maybe you're recently graduated or you're without a job for whatever reason and you're looking for a job. And so we we know that the right thing to do is to start to reach out to your network and to, you know, get people that uh, you know to help you. The, the challenge there is that with myself in the past, and if you listen to episode seven of the Impact Makers podcast, where I shared more about my story and my journey to becoming a speaker and entrepreneur, you already know I did this wrong for a number of years. First of all, I didn't have a network because I didn't engage with my network. And so when I was in a situation where I was looking for a job and a person in need, and then I started reaching out to people, it was obviously uncomfortable. So that right away, I have experience doing it wrong. So hopefully you can learn and do as I say, not as I did. But I learned so much during that time about how to approach people and and was successful. Again, I shared more in that episode about how I was successful at getting people who didn't know me to connect with me and and allow me to have some of their time who really were helpful to me. Uh, And again, I'll share some of those tips today. Another situation where maybe you're reaching out to someone because you either want to learn from them or you'd like to get to know them better, or uh, you may just have questions about your career could be that you're a young professional or in many cases, maybe you're a newly energized professional, you know, so at whatever age you find yourself, 30, 40, 50, 60, and you're like, wow, Jennifer just shared, you know, in episode seven, how she didn't have a network and the difference it made when she actually went out and started connecting with people, I want to start doing that too. 
And so you don't have to be necessarily a young professional, but you could be someone who's just saying, I want to grow my career and I know I need to learn from people. And this is a person or these are some people that I want to reach out and connect with. So that might be a reason why you'd connect with others or, or ask for their time. A uh, third one might be that you're seeking mentorship or coaching or just wanting to, to professionally develop yourself in some way or personally develop yourself in some way. So I don't know about you, but it's not uncommon for me to get often again through LinkedIn, maybe a message from someone that I don't know uh, that's connected to me on LinkedIn, or maybe I know them uh, only from seeing their name or their face online. And they'll reach out and say, you know, hey, Jennifer, love what you're doing, or I want to be a speaker someday, or I'm a woman who wants to own my own business, you know, in some way we connect in some way on those things. And I'm looking for a mentor. And I would like to know if you would mentor me. Uh, not the best way really to approach that. And so hopefully I'll share some things to help you kind of decide who you should be reaching out to and how you could get a response. It's, again, it's not that I don't want to help people and know that everyone can can benefit from mentoring or coaching, but um, you know, thinking about when it's the right fit and who's the right fit is what I want to try to uh, help you with today. A fourth maybe area where you might be reaching out to others is, and this is one that you, anybody who's in the business world or anybody who has an online presence, uh, as anybody, I guess, today is going to probably at some point get some communication from somebody who's a business owner or a business developer or salesperson. In other words, it's someone with something to sell. So they feel like they need to connect with you because they have a product or service that could be of value to you, or uh, you fit their target market for people that they typically sell to uh, any number of, you know, both well-intentioned and sometimes just a numbers game of reaching out to people to try to connect with them about hopefully creating the opportunity to create a sale. And that's what makes our world and our economy go around, you know, buying and selling things. So I don't have anything against that. But again, uh, we can all do a better job, myself included, about really identifying who our products and services are a good fit for. And so I want to see if I can offer some help in that arena. And then the last one, the fifth one that I thought of in terms of, you know, people that might reach out to other people or have a need or want to connect might be, and I, I don't necessarily like this word, but I'm using it because I think we'll all just understand what it means. If you're a fan of someone or maybe an appreciative audience member, try to soften that a little bit. But <laughs> in other words, somebody that, you know, I'll use myself as an example. I've mentioned in the past that I really admire and have learned a lot from Michael Hyatt at michaelhyatt.com or Amy Porterfield, amyporterfield.com. Those are two online entrepreneurs, you know, business people that I follow and learn from and just really admire. And at least in Michael Hyatt's case, I've had a chance to meet him in person once before and um, really fell into that starstruck fan thing. I'm embarrassed about that, but <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't remember. Um, I know I do. Uh, either way, this is someone that maybe for whatever reason, you, an author, you've read their books or a blogger that you follow them online or someone that, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or Richard Branson, someone maybe you kind of follow them online and you would love 
it would be an amazing honor to get some of their time or attention, or maybe you have a specific question for them. And while I don't think it's impossible to, to do that, and I think there are certainly examples for everybody where you've probably been able to make that connection, I think there are probably better ways to get their attention than a LinkedIn message or a direct message on Twitter or even an email or voicemail. So having kind of teed up, you know, hopefully maybe captured all of us in that demographic there of the people that might be looking for the opportunity to connect with someone else, I've got five tips for you. So five tips on how to, you know, do a better job at building relationships, connecting, getting in touch with the people that you would like to learn from that could help you grow. And that's a really long title. Um, but you know what I mean. Uh, the first would be to do your homework first. I must say as a person who has, you know, worked in human resources and then as an executive recruiter and now as someone who is in business for myself. So in all of those positions, you know, I've had people reaching out to me, whether it was for a job or for mentoring or for advice. The biggest frustration that I have with anyone um, that does that is if they are not clear on why they are reaching out to me in the first place. You know, I get emails every day. Hey, you have a blog. I would like to guest post on your blog. Or um, you seem to have a lot of connections on Twitter. Would you share this for me? Or um, I see that you worked in human resources at one point and I want to learn more about HR. Um, that's a little bit more specific, but you get what I mean. That first of all, why are you reaching out to me? And what is the goal of reaching out to me or to someone that you may be reaching out to? So before you even send that email or leave that voicemail or share that message on LinkedIn, do you know what your purpose and goals are? So one of the first questions, if we do end up having a conversation, I'm going to ask you is, what is it that you're looking for? You know, so you need to have an answer for that. And if you can share that in the initial communication, that's going to help both of us to understand how I can help you better. So before I can even begin to help you, I need to know what is your end game? What's the end result? And I listened to a podcast this week with Jason Gaynard, I believe is his name, from Community Made. Good podcast. He had a whole series um, season on networking and mentoring and building relationships. And he had a great question in there of when he connects with people who are seeking kind of that mentoring relationship is... One of the questions he will ask them is, if we meet a year from today with a bottle of champagne, what is it that we'll be celebrating? I like that. You know, for me, that kind of says, why are you looking to connect with me that I can potentially help you achieve? And so whether you're a person in job search and you're obviously maybe looking for a job or uh, a person who's looking to get someone to help them with something specific. What are your goals? What's your purpose? And what specifically are you working on? Because those are either questions that you're going to be asked or even better if you can answer those up front. And again, if you're looking for a job, don't expect the person that you're reaching out to to do the work for you. So here's an example. You get an email from someone, they say, hey, Jennifer, I'm looking for a job. Uh, here's my resume. Please share it with anyone you know that's looking. 
that is a very, very, very wide request. <laughs> and I don't know anybody that just forwards resumes to other people in case they're looking, even if the person's resume looks impressive, which 99% chance they're not going to open the attachment to even find out how amazing you are if they don't know you or don't really, you know, have some specific understanding of how amazing you are. So that's never the that blanket carpet bombing approach. Uh, you know, hey, I have a need. You have a network. Share me with your network. I am not going to do that because I value my connections and I value their time. So a better request would be, first of all, that we know each other. Second of all, that you tell me I am you know, looking for a job as a marketing director in the consumer products industry. I'm targeting companies such as Procter & Gamble, Cow Brands, Kimberly Clark, and I see that you have connections with A person, B person, C person. Would you be comfortable connecting me with any of those three people in those specific companies? That tells me that you are targeted that you've done your homework and that you have a specific yes or no request for me, not a, hey, Jennifer, open up your Rolodex and see who you think I would be a connection for. That is a much better start to that kind of request. I've done my homework. I know exactly how I think you can help me. And I'm requesting this specific thing of you. So be specific, have a goal, have a purpose. And again, what is it that prompted you to reach out to me if we don't know each other well already? You know, is it not just that you follow me online or that, you know, I have a business or a blog or that I'm in a certain profession, but why me? You know, if, if I'm a speaker and you're reaching out to me because I'm a speaker, why did you choose to reach out to me versus the hundreds of other speakers that are out there? So think about what specifically prompted you to reach out to that person. Make sure they understand why you chose to reach out to them and you think that they'd be a person that could help you with this request. And then be very specific in your request. And all of that requires that you do your homework. So following along, if you have a product or service to sell, so if you fall into that, you know, business owner, business developer person with something to sell, boy, you got to really, really do your homework or you're just going to tick off a bunch of people, myself included, if you're just like, I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to find everyone who owns a small business in the world and I'm going to send out 300 emails through my CRM and assume that 1% of them will reply and then I'll have a couple of customers out of that. That's just not a good way to build your brand or your business. So if you have a product or service to sell, what is it about me or my business that makes you think I need it specifically? So not just that I have a business, but that I have a business and that through doing your research and maybe looking me up online and reading my blog or some of my social media, you see that I've been talking about this specific thing to which your product is a solution. Yes. Does that take time? Absolutely. But you're much more likely to get a response that way than just, hey, we have this product or service, you have generic job title, uh, let's set up a call to talk about it. That is a very, very low response rate that you're going to get there. And most of the probably better qualified leads for you are going to be completely turned off by that approach. So it annoys me to no end 
that some specific companies, again, LinkedIn is a wonderful tool, will just do a broad search on LinkedIn. And again, if you're a job seeker, um, same thing. If you do just kind of a broad search on LinkedIn, anybody that has a you know job opening or have ever had a job opening for this job title and you just carpet bomb all of those people, that's a waste of your time and energy. It's a waste of time and energy for people on the other end to read it. And you're much more likely to not get a response or a very good response at all. So what do you know about me and my business? Have you done some homework? Now, a tactic lately, and I think, you know, we've, we've had people preaching this for years is to mention something specific. And so it's not uncommon, particularly if, if you have a blog or a website, you know, you get requests for guest blog posts all the time or sponsored links. And I don't know, I don't know who in the world takes these people up on this, but somebody must be doing it because they request it all the time. Uh, and a lot of those would just say, Hey, you have a blog, we write content for free and would love to post it. Will you do that? But more and more, they'll say, hey, read your blog, love it, particularly this specific post. And they'll link to a post that's three years old, you know, <laughs> because they've done a keyword search or something. I don't know. Uh, if you were a fan of my blog and, and what I write, I think you could probably think of a more personalized approach than here's a three-year-old blog post that I think, you know, shows you that I have done some research about your website. So maybe I've gone on a little too much about that, but be specific. How much do you know about me, my business? You know, there are th clues all over the web about me that you could really connect with me in person. You could say something about Diet Coke. You could definitely say something about horses. You could certainly mention this podcast. That's a great way to get my attention these days. I want to know that somebody other than my mom is listening so if you say, I listened to, you know, episode seven of the Impact Makers podcast where you shared your journey and what you said really resonated with me. And I have a similar instance where I did this, this, and this, and, you know, would love to just chat with you about that. Um, something where you show that you've invested some time in the person and there's a reason why you connected. And I'll give you an example that still sticks out from several years ago. And again, people do these things well to this day, people know how to, to catch my attention. And there are other ways you can catch other people's attention. But several years ago, when I was working as an executive recruiter, I was also writing at that time for a well-known blog in the talent management space called Fistful of Talent. And for those of you that follow Fistful of Talent, you know that the, the voice there is, is kind of snarky, you know, people that right there, you want to have a point of view, uh, you need to bring in pop culture, you need to do something to kind of, you know, not just be a content machine. And so that's the way I was an original Fistful of Talent blogger. And part of what Chris Dunn, who started Fistful of Talent, encouraged us to do was to, you know, be ourselves. And so each of us had a bio on the Fistful of Talent website where he had asked us some questions like, What's your favorite walk-up music uh, if you're presenting on a stage? And, you know, I don't remember the, the word Chris Dunn type questions, but things to kind of bring out a little bit of your personality. And one of the questions I had responded to was that I think his question was, how do you know a sign that someone's not going to get the job or get hired? Because, again, it was a talent management blog. And my response was, by their shoes. Because I have had in my past more than one example, and hopefully you don't think less of me because of this, where when someone came in for an interview, and these were 
you know, high level positions, uh, professional, director level, VP level, C level positions. And I noticed that their shoes were, let's just say, not up to par. And I'm not judging, not, it's not a brand name thing. It's not, you know, I'll give you an example. One of them was a, a, a man interviewing for a vice president position who came in in the classic, you know, uh, suit, blue Navy suit, uh, white shirt, blue tie, and he had on um, brown brown shoes. <laughs> and today, right, different color blue, you know, all this stuff, it could work today. But let's just, you know, go with me here. His shoes did not match the suit in terms of their quality or the color, in my opinion. And I was like, this guy's out. Well, long story short, he ended up getting the job because I was overruled by the hiring manager. And, you know, that's probably the way it should be. I had more things that I was concerned about, obviously, than his shoes. So again, you're already judging me. Uh, <laughs> you probably should. But the shoes were the first sign that this was not going to work out. Um, ultimately, he did get hired and he bombed tremendously and did not work out. Another example for a VP of international sales position, very high level position in organization, similar example, woman came in, business suit, um, wearing boots that were the wrong color, didn't match again in terms of just the whole harmony of the outfit. <laughs> I had a whole lot more problems with her uh, in the interview process than her shoes, but uh, again, was overruled by the hiring manager and she was an utter complete disaster. So bringing my snark to the Fistful of Talent bio, uh, I said shoes would be the kicker. And again, I've certainly hired people with shoes that I questioned. And you can, you're free to question my shoes at any point. Um, but the whole reason for telling you that story was at some point, again, working as an executive recruiter, got a call from a potential candidate for a position who left me a voicemail. And as if you've ever worked in recruiting, you get lots of voicemails. And this person in their voicemail started out with, I have the best shoes in the world. They are, you know, he, he described them in a funny way. And, you know, he really kind of played up the fact that not only did he know something about me, but he had gone deep into the bowels of the internet to find a bio that was not even on my own website or the company website, but on another website where I had answered an obscure question about shoes. And he made light of it and he made fun of it. And you can guarantee he got a call back. So that's something where really doing something to capture the person's attention, to let them know that you're not just reaching out to them randomly is a way of doing your homework first. So that's a great tip. If you listen to none of the other four, that one's going to be money for you if you can put that into practice. Number two, in terms of connecting with others and the best way to do so, referrals from someone they know will always, always, always be the best option. You can get much further along in the process if you reach out to someone and you're able to say, Jennifer McClure suggested that I connect with you and Jennifer McClure is someone that they already know and value and trust. That is always going to skip you to the front of the pack of anyone else because people want to value their existing relationships. You've created some sort of indebtedness already. Not that they need to get back to you per se, but they need to make sure that they show value to the relationship with Jennifer. 
So having a name that you can say is suggesting the contact or the relationship is going to always get you to the head of the pack and it's going to be the best way to get their attention. Even better than that, though, is if that person is willing to make the personal introduction for you. So if Jennifer McClure is willing to make the call or send the email on your behalf and suggest the connection, you're almost guaranteed the opportunity to connect with that person. So what that tells you is if you want to connect with person A and you don't have any relationship to them whatsoever, you need to look around at who you know to see if anyone that you know has a relationship with that person and have a conversation with them to see if they think it would be wise for the two of you to connect. If they do and they're willing to allow you to use their name or again, even better to make that connection for you, then that's money. If they say, eh, you know, maybe not yet or do this, this, and this first, take that wise advice. But never, ever, ever look around at your network and say, well, on LinkedIn, you know, person A is connected to me through person B that I'm directly connected to. So I'm going to send them an email and say, we share a mutual connection. That means nothing in today's world. I get those emails, especially on LinkedIn, you know, hey, we have these five connections in common. So I thought it would make sense for us to connect. Well, again, I'm not different from many of you. I have thousands of connections on LinkedIn and, and there are reasons why I've chosen to, to have that kind of a broad network on LinkedIn. And I do enjoy that and think it's helpful, but it's almost never going to be helpful for you to say, we have these five connections in common because more than likely I do not know some or all of those connections personally. And that gives me no context for why you and I should connect. So never say, Anyone suggested that they reach out to, you know, that you're using their name without their permission and without their, you know, express blessing to do so. So make sure that it's a legit name drop if you're dropping a name. In other words, I truly do know this person and they truly suggested that I reach out to you or again, even better, they're making the introduction for you and, you know, use those wisely. Don't ask your contacts for everybody that they know. Ask them for one What's one person that you think that I should meet with? Or again, do your homework up front and say, I'd really like to meet this person. It looks like you know them or have a relationship with them. Can I chat with you about them to see if it makes sense for us to connect? That's the way to do the work first. Now, again, in terms of referrals, whether you're, you know, uh, maybe the person asking for the referral, or in some cases, maybe you'll be the person saying, yeah, it's okay to use my name or let me make that connection for you. Always do your contacts the courtesy of that double opt-in. So just because someone asks you, it doesn't mean that, you know, again, if you want to go the extra mile and say, hey, you know, I'll send Jennifer an email and suggest the two of you connect. And then you send me an email and say, hey, Jennifer, here's Bob. I think Bob should meet with you. He wants to learn more about becoming a speaker. His emails on this uh, is copied on this email. I'll let you two take it from here. That's lazy. That doesn't, again, you haven't done any homework to tell me why you think I should connect with Bob. Um, but it would be much better and the correct way would be to send me an email just to me and say, hey, my friend Bob reached out to me. He's an emerging speaker. I think he's got a lot of talent. He just really needs some direction. He's watched a couple of your talks online. He regularly reads your blogs, very impressed with your work. And he would love to maybe have a 20-minute conversation with him. Um, would that be something that you're open to? 
then I can respond to my contact, my friend, and say, hey, you know, I'm just really busy for the next six weeks. I'm going to be on the road. I'm not going to have time. Could you have Bob recheck out to me in August? Uh, or I could say, yes, that'd be great. Go ahead and, you know, send him my email address, tell him to mention your name. Or I could say, you know, no, I just really don't have time right now for that, if that's the correct answer. Um, but then my contact can go back to Bob and say, she said, yes, send her an email. Or she said, hey, wait till August and then send her an email. Be sure to mention my name. Or, you know, it's not really the right time for her right now. Let me see if I can refer you to somebody else. So your job in that case, if you are the connector, is to kind of play intermediary for your contacts. Always make sure there's a double opt-in. In other words, Bob wants to meet Jennifer. You reach out to Jennifer. She says it's great to connect her and Bob. Then you make that introductory email or introduction, voicemail, whatever it is you're going to do. But both parties have said it makes sense for us to connect. So that's some things to think about in terms of referrals, whether you're the person who is seeking your referral or you're doing the referring. So there's the notes. You can hear them being kind of... Uh, passed around here. Um, so we're on to number three, the number three tip for relationship building and networking in today's noisy and busy world. Number three, emails, voicemails, and in-person requests. So you're probably, if you're reaching out to someone, you you know, the easy way out is just to send a quick email and then, Ooh, wow, I did my networking for today. I sent 10 emails asking for people to have coffee. Or, you know, maybe if you're not as introverted, you left 10 voicemails. Or maybe you walk up to someone at a conference, they're coming off stage, or you, you know, you see someone that you've identified that you want to meet at a conference and you walk up to them and you say, hey, I just really like to get some of your time. Can we grab a cup of coffee? Um, all of those are, there's a right way, I think, to do them and a wrong way to do them. And you've heard me say this already. First of all, be specific. If you're sending me an email, leaving a voicemail or asking, you know, connecting with me in person and asking for some of my time, first of all, I want you to know why, again, why do we need to connect? You know, what is it that you're looking for? Do you want to have a phone conversation? Would you like to meet in person? Um, do you just need some information from me? So what is your specific ask? And then provide some options. You know, if you do want some of my time, um, I, it's probably just, I, I don't think I'm different than most people in this. It's probably not going to be an option for let's meet for lunch or a cup of coffee if we don't know each other. There aren't many people, I think, in today's world who have time to be able to do that at scale. And you may think, well, I'm the only one requesting this, but depending on who you're reaching out to, they may be getting dozens of those requests a week. And I'll just, again, give you an example from my personal experience. If I'm in Cincinnati, which is where I live, um, and just like I said, I've got the next couple of months where I'm pretty much off the road, I have plans for some specific project work and some things that I need to get done during that time. So just because I'm in Cincinnati doesn't necessarily mean that I have tons of free time. I've got stuff that that has to be done on the back end to keep my business machine running. But even if I had time to go spend with people, a request to meet for a cup of coffee or for lunch or for an in-person meeting, let's just say in general, that's an hour. So an hour conversation, an hour chat, an hour lunch. Most of them, you know, is if if it is the lunch or something like it's going to be more than an hour. But let's just say for for purposes of this conversation, one hour. Most anywhere that I go, even though I live in a metropolitan area, it's at least a 30-minute drive 
there for me to get to some place to meet someone. So 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back. So your request for a cup of coffee is now a two hour commitment in my day. Plus I have to get ready. I have to take a shower, you know, all those things that maybe a person who works from home doesn't always have to do. So let's say the time to get ready to leave the house to go to meet someone, maybe you work in an office, so you don't necessarily count that as part of your time, but I'm going to say a request to meet in person with me, or maybe anybody who's a consultant or someone who works on their own is a three hour commitment. I need to be able to have at least three hours in my day to have a cup of coffee with you. Now, if you do the math on that, that's not a very efficient use of my time or most of the people that you're reaching out to. A better way, if you want to reach out to someone that you've never met, but you're asking for them and you're specific in your request and you've got a referral is to say, I would love to have the opportunity to have a conversation with you. Would it be better for you to maybe do a quick phone call? Or if you'd like to do an in-person meeting, I'm open for that. And I'd be happy to meet wherever you would prefer. So you've given me options. I can choose a phone call. I can choose to meet in person if I've just got a free day and I want to get out and about. And I can also say, well, I live on the northwest side of Cincinnati. It would be more convenient for me to meet at this place rather than where you're located, which might be 45 miles away, you know? <laughs> and I've had people before reach out to me and say, I'd like to meet with you and I take my meetings at this place. And I've said yes to those a couple of times and been driving for 45 minutes and said, why did I say yes to this again? This person asked for my time and yet I just made an hour and a half travel commitment to come meet with them. So anytime you are asking for someone else's time, you need to be the one that is flexible in that scenario. Ask what works best for them, whether it's a call, whether it's a meeting. And if it is a meeting, you want to be as flexible as possible as to where and when you meet. If the best time for them to meet is 8 p.m. on Wednesday night, you know, at a coffee shop next to their house, and that's an hour-long drive for you, and you're going to have to get a babysitter to do that, then if that meeting's important to you, then you'll make that happen. When you're asking for someone else, you are the one that needs to be flexible. Rarely will you be the one saying, well, here's the way I want to take the meeting. So think about that in your emails, voicemails, or in-person requests to meet with someone, be specific, provide options. And then here's one that really kind of gets me. Don't dangle an opportunity in order to get someone to meet with you. It's, again, maybe a tactic or maybe it's just how people kind of perceive they need to try to reach out to people today and say, hey, you know, you're a coach. I'm a coach. I'd love to get together to see if we could share business opportunities or become referral partners for each other. Well, we don't know each other yet. We may not do the same type of coaching. We may not like each other. You know, the real ask is to get to know each other and we need to back way up beyond that. Why do we need to get to know each other? Why did you reach out to me? Back to that being specific. There are lots of coaches out there. So why did you choose me? Not just that I could potentially be a referral partner for you, but why should we connect? And here's an example from my recent past where I've really struggled, as I said, back to that maybe people pleasing or trying to be a nice person. I really try to be a nice person to all people who request my time because I do understand I've been that person too. And um, so I don't, you know, hold that against anyone, but I've struggled for years with a, a best way to respond to these requests to both value my time 
and limit my interactions with with people that um, maybe haven't done their homework, et cetera. And, and a recent example was someone who, because I am the CEO of Disrupt HR, I get you know plenty of of people reaching out who either have an interest in that or have heard about it, or maybe they want to organize an event or speak, et cetera. So there are a lot of requests around Disrupt HR. And this gentleman reached out to me, found my email address after connecting with me on LinkedIn, sent me an email and said, hey, I'm interested in Disrupt HR. I'm not going to be able to go to the one in my city next month, but I'd love to schedule a call with you to learn more about your business. I am in um, you know, the benefits area and I have lots of clients who uh, could potentially be interested in what you do. Well, that was kind of a, a weird and crazy ask. You found me through Disrupt HR. <laughs> You're in the benefits business. You have clients who might be interested in what I do, but we've never really had a conversation as to what type of business opportunities that I might be looking for you to help me with. Um, so again, not very, you could argue maybe that that was specific, but I think in, it was more that dangling an opportunity. In other words, I might have opportunities for you if you'd be willing to have this conversation with me. And truly, I looked at my schedule and I do try to uh, always schedule calls with people who reach out to me, three or four of them a month. I try to just have a call for no reason if, if somebody reaches out to me because I do want to be helpful. Um, but I just didn't have time. It was a very busy time for me and it was not going to really fit with my schedule for uh, a call just to explore opportunities. And so I tried again, really working on crafting that great response. And I said, and I learned this from one of my mentors, I responded and I said, you know, hey, thanks for reaching out to me. Thanks for your interest in Disrupt HR. Hopefully you can go to, you know, your local event at their next one and that you've had an opportunity to connect with the local organizers there. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do a call at this time because I have some client work and projects that I'm heavily involved in and I need to make sure that I complete, which was true. And I said, but thanks again for reaching out. Glad we're connected on LinkedIn. Maybe we'll be able to connect in the future or something like that. And I laughed so hard when I got his response. His response to me was, hi, Jennifer, it's great that you're so busy. I'll be sure to refer any requests for speakers that I get to someone else. Oh, the burn, <laughs> the shame. Oh, wow. I laughed because that was pretty funny. I mean, did you have a client that needed a speaker specifically that you wanted, you know, to recommend me for, even though we've not ever chatted? Or are you just trying to tell me that that was not the response that you wanted? I don't know. Maybe. Well, okay. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I thought that was, that was an A-level response there <laughs> to get a laugh from me. But don't do that. Don't do that because I've never forgotten that and I won't forget him either. <laughs> and hey, maybe I am missing out on opportunities with all of his clients looking for speakers, but that certainly wasn't, you know, the um, initial request of me. So, so think about that. Be specific in your ask. And again, don't dangle opportunities that aren't there. And then finally, on this point, show appreciation to the people that you reach out to. If they take the time to respond to you, even if the answer is no, thank them for doing that. Because at least that shows, you know, especially you can be super classy in your response that might actually get you up on their radar. Because unfortunately, a classy response is not very common today. 
the unclassy responses, like the one I just mentioned, are the ones that we remember. So respond in a classy way, you'll probably get remembered. So if someone takes the time to respond to you, especially, and I've done this in my past where I've like, again, held on to an question or an email about, you know, how do I start my own business or something, you know, really broad. And, and I've tried to really provide, you know, here's all the things I've learned and, you know, way overdid on the response and then didn't even get a thank you. That, that kind of hurts and it makes you not want to do it again. But again, um, we can't look at it that way. There may be a lot of reasons why that person didn't respond, but, um, if someone takes time to respond to you in any way, respond in kind with the thanks. So if it's a quick response, hey, not going to be able to do that now, but, you know, thanks for connecting, then a quick thank you back is great. If they take the time to do something for you or to, you know, spend the time to craft a, an answer to your question, then maybe a, a longer thank you voicemail or um Maybe even a handwritten note would be required. And if somebody, you know, does something that really took time and effort, again, probably moving into the handwritten note category because that's something that's not done so much today. So it really does get noticed or maybe even some sort of thoughtful gift, um, depending on, again, kind of how much effort and time they had to put into that. Now, when I say gift, those don't have to be expensive. And I want to do a better job at this myself. I, I really have tried to make that a goal for this year. I want to be more appreciative. But I don't know, something like I have a friend who, you know, be based on what she knows about the person, um, donates to a charity. Maybe they love cats. So donate to a cat rescue. Uh, you know, and it could be a $10 donation or a $20 donation, but that is a unique and cool way to show someone thank you, but also again, to kind of reinforce that relationship and that connection point. Maybe, you know, and I'm not, not asking for this in any way, but you could like send me cupcakes or Diet Coke, you know, <laughs> so not asking for that, but people have done it. And that is something that you're, you just get all kind of warm, warm and fuzzy feelings about someone who really tried to respond in a small um, but impactful way that gets noticed. So think about that in terms of your response. And I really like, um, you know, I've mentioned earlier, like the guy who responded to me that I laughed at his response or people that don't respond. If I took the time, you know, it's easy to think badly of them, but I really um, think that we have to think in terms of, you know, people are dealing with all kinds of things out there. So just because they didn't respond to your email doesn't mean that they don't like you, doesn't mean that, you know, you're a bad person. It could mean a whole lot of things. And I think the best thing to do is to assume good intent. And that kind of leads me to my fourth tip, which is persistent, friendly follow-up. So you've made a request, a voicemail, an email, an in-person request, or maybe you saw someone at a conference and they said, yeah, 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 I'll send that to you when I get back to the office. And then you don't get a response or they didn't send that to you. If you ask for them, I think it's best for us, and they don't respond, to assume good intent. And I actually am currently reading Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness. And I know I'm behind a lot of people on that. But if you are familiar with that book or you've read it, um, she has a, a, a whatever, an acronym for braving, B-R-A-V-I-N-G. And G really resonates with me. G in braving in her book stands for generosity. You extend the most genuine interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. 
genuine or generous. I can't even read my own notes. You extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intention and words and actions of others. Who knows what happened as to why they didn't respond? First of all, maybe the technology gods failed and they never received your voicemail or email. That does happen in today's world. And so the fact that they haven't responded and you're sitting there going, does this mean they don't like me? Am I a bad person? Do they hate me? Why wouldn't they respond to me? Maybe they never even got it. Or maybe they just got so far behind they had to you know, declare email bankruptcy and it wasn't your email, but it was the thousand other emails in their inbox that they just couldn't deal with. And they felt like, well, if it's important, they'll ask again. Or maybe something personally came up, some sort of family emergency, something bad happened, maybe something good happened and they just lost focus for a minute. But assume generous, good intent of people, and I call it persistent, friendly follow-up. If I need something from someone, whether it was when I was in recruiting or now if I'm following up on something that I need from someone else, my typical follow-up is three. So first is the initial request, and then I wait usually three to five days if I haven't heard back from them and follow up with just, hey, just, and and I try not to use the word just, just because that disqualifies. Uh, I'm checking in to see if you got my message and if you need anything else from me in order to, to respond or if you have any questions. And then I'll usually within a week to 10 days after that reply again. And if after one request and two follow-ups, I don't hear back from them, then I remove it from my follow-up list. It either means that it wasn't the right time for them, it either means that they didn't get it three times in a row, or it might mean, again, that they're just so busy right now that they're not going to be able to respond to me in that kind of time frame. And all of those mean that I need to move on and do other things. So persistently friendly follow-up, never accusatory, never why haven't you responded to me, and certainly don't send someone an email the same day or the same hour and say, did you get my email? Did you get my text? They probably got it in, or they haven't had time to look at it yet. Either way, they haven't had time to respond. So give people grace. Remember that timing is not always right for everyone and that you need to be looking for opportunities where you can have value and add value now. So be persistently friendly in your follow-up, but I'd say after a couple of follow-ups, you just need to let it go and move on. And then finally, kind of wrapping things up, if you are looking to get a job, get a mentor, get a coach, learn from others, uh, get some time from someone that you admire or respect, number five is the best way to get is to give. If you want to get noticed or build relationships with people that you admire or want to connect with, there's a number of ways to get on their radar without starting out with an initial ask. You could promote them or their work, specifically and personally. So a lot of the people that you're reaching out to, maybe they have a business or if they're a well-known professional, they have a blog or a book or a training course or something where if you've interacted with them or their content in some way, you can share them with your network. That might mean that you write a LinkedIn post about you read their recent book and you got this from that book and here's three takeaways and the action that you're going to take. So in other words, it shows that you really have something that resonated with you and you're specific as to why you're recommending it to people and then tag them in that. 
you know, sometimes they'll see it, sometimes they won't. But the more you consistently do that, the more likely you're going to be someone that they recognize who's not just, you know, quote, a fan, but someone who is truly engaging with their work and getting value from it. And even the most well-known people just want to know that their work matters and makes a difference. So if you are showing that their work matters and makes a difference to you, you're much more likely to get on their radar to either have them then maybe reach out to you personally, or if you do finally get up the courage or have the opportunity to reach out to them, they'll recognize your name and know who you are. You can also share their content. So as I said, if they blog or even if they're on social media and you follow them, share their tweets, but add your two cents on top of it as to why you felt like what they said was impactful. Do something to show that you are truly learning from them and growing from what they have to say. And so, again, when you have the opportunity to ask for something, it won't just be that you came out of the blue. And then finally, and again, this is one that people often like to skip over. If it's a person who, again, has a service or something of value that you would like to have access to, their time, their expertise, their specific knowledge in something, and they sell that service. So that probably falls into consultants, coaches, you know, speakers, business owners, et cetera, even people with products and services, then offer to buy that. It is so common for people to reach out to someone who does consulting and ask for time to, quote, pick their brain or to have a cup of coffee to ask them the very things that they get paid for providing that information and knowledge to others. So a better way to approach it, if you don't really know, again, if either if you haven't done your homework, first do your homework, but if it's not totally clear and you want to reach out to someone and say, you know, do you offer coaching or programs that I can purchase where I can learn more from you in this area? You know, it's offering to help them eat and live indoors is a great way to get their attention because those emails typically go to the top of the response list, business opportunities. So purchase their courses, eBooks, and again, share those with others. Join their mastermind groups or coaching programs. Hire them. If you work in a company that needs a consultant that does what they do or a speaker or a coach or someone that provides those services, then recommend them to their to your leadership. Or if you're the person that engages those types of services, hire them. That's the best way to show them that you value the work that they do and you want to get to know them better. Another way would be to recommend them and not just, you know, hey, here's a tweet. I recommend, you know, Jennifer McClure is a speaker, but oh, I'm on the, the conference committee for my organization's leadership conference or my state conference, and I'm you know in charge of recommending speakers, and I specifically want Jennifer McClure to come to our conference. You know, So that was just a shameless plug for Jennifer McClure there. But recommend them. Again, even if they don't get the business opportunity, but they know that you are recommending them, then you're going to be someone that they notice. And obviously, that creates an indebtedness. I certainly want to help people who help me, not in a transactional kind of mentality way. But um, that's I think as humans, we're wired that way. If someone helps us, then we're automatically going to be looking out for opportunities to help them. And then finally, share what you know, learn, and do. If you want to get noticed by people that you admire, probably the best way to get noticed is to do great work yourself. You know, 
most, if not all of those people are looking for others that they can learn from as well. And there's no like seniority or hierarchy in terms of, you know, Richard Branson can only learn from Elon Musk. You know, I'm sure Richard Branson learns from people that are in his um, network and orbit of all different types. And I learn from people at all levels, people that are new to the profession, people that are, you know, learning and growing and sharing what they're learning and growing helps open me up to other resources and opportunities. So just sharing what you know, learn and do is a way to get noticed. You can certainly do that through writing. And that could be that you write on a blog, you could write in an industry newsletter, you could write your thoughts and ultimately put it into an ebook or a book. You know, that writing is a great way to solidify your own opinions and get your message heard. And how you choose to share it doesn't necessarily mean everybody has to be a consultant or have a blog or a website. You can write on post on LinkedIn. Everybody can have a blog on LinkedIn. And actually in today's world, that's probably a better way to get your content seen. You can certainly speak. Not everybody wants to be a speaker, but maybe you could be a panelist. You could be a moderator for a panel. You could do something where anytime you're seen and positioned as the expert, then you're someone who has something to say and people tend to notice that. Engaging on social media. Maybe you're new. You haven't written yet or you haven't started speaking yet, but you're out there and you've connected with people that you either like what they have to say and you're sharing with them and engaging with them. You're resharing their stuff on whatever platform. You're commenting on what they write. Some of my, if not, no, actually I'm going to requalify that. The very best relationships, deepest friendships and relationships I have today developed online through Twitter, through blogging, through social networks. And I'm not ashamed to say that. So these were people that many of them I admired. I started following. I started engaging with them. And over time, we've developed great friendships and relationships. So I think that's still possible in today's world. So I think that's enough. I'm going to leave it for today. I hope that didn't turn into a rant. And I hope I gave you some real tips that you can use if you're looking to connect with people that you want to learn from. Uh, if you're trying to find a way to grow your knowledge and your expertise uh, if you've been doing it wrong, no worries. I've done it wrong. I still do it wrong. And I'm sure there are people out there going, yeah, she's done it wrong. Um, <laughs> and all I ask, remember the G, generosity, generosity of spirit. Give me some grace. Um, but find ways to build your brand to help other people. I shared this quote on here before, and I may be butchering it a little bit. It's a Zig Ziglar quote. If you want to get more of what you want, help other people get what they want. That's the best way to connect with anybody. Go with it, a spirit of giving first. And then the things that you ask for will be things that people want to give back. So thanks for listening today. I hope those tips will help you in becoming more of an impact maker in your career and in your life. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. One of the best things about the journey of making an impact in the world is the people that you meet along the way and seeing how they're creating impact. My friend, Laurie Rudiman, is one of those people. She's a writer, speaker, and entrepreneur who is setting out to fix work. In her podcast called Let's Fix Work, she's tackling why work is often so miserable for many people and what we can all do to fix it. Here's some of what she's talking about. During the past 10 years, I've developed a huge network of friends and colleagues. These are people who are passionate about fixing work. They have big ideas. They're authors, speakers, consultants, and even HR ladies who want to help workers find purpose and meaning. 
So I'm starting a podcast to interview my friends who want to fix work. I love the Let's Fix Work podcast, and I think you will too. Check it out and subscribe over at letsfixwork.com. If you want to raise your game at work, you've got to raise your impact. Find out Jennifer's 10 best strategies to make more of an impact at work at jennifermcclure.net slash 10 ways. That's jennifermcclure.net slash 10 ways.